Hello, and before I begin, I know some of you may be thinking, especially if we've not met before, thinking, did Tom say that guy's name is Flux? Let me just confirm that is my name, but also I recognise it's not a proper name. It's barely a word, to be honest. But it is based on my real name, which is marginally longer, which is Felix. But obviously over the years, like many names, it gets abbreviated by extended use, so... Yeah, I'm now Flicks. But feel free to call me Felix, or Flicks, or let's stick with those two options, maybe. So, now Tom has prayed, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray as well, and then, and then let's get into this chapter. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace, your mercy, and your unfailing love. Speak to us today, please, and give me the words to say, and give us all the ears to hear what you would say to us as individuals and as a community. Amen. If you're a regular here, you'll know that we're currently looking at the book of Acts, which is one of the 66 books in the Bible. It's in the New Testament and written in the first century. And this is an account of the first Christians. It's a real action-packed account. It's the first Christians, and it tells of the early church as it started to spread around the known world. And in this section, we're looking at Philip, who's one of the community of believers He's uh, been in Jerusalem, but during persecution, a lot of them spread out. And he himself found, uh, found himself in Samaria, which uh, was uh, north of Jerusalem. And he, had, he found massive, massively positive response from the Samaritans there as he shared the good news. So now we find Philip in a more personal encounter, in a one-on-one conversation with an official from Ethiopia who is also a eunuch. So now, maybe it's at this stage we need to tackle the elephant in the room, or the lack of an elephant in the room. What is a eunuch? Don't worry, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. But one thing, it's hard to gauge who's actually watching online, the sensitivities and age there, and they may even have switched off by now anyway. But suffice it to say, a eunuch is simply a gentleman who no longer has the capacity to reproduce covers it but here's what's interesting in ancient times being a eunuch could be a bonus for your career you could put this on your cv you see as as a, as a eunuch you wouldn't be concerned or have a need to try and establish your own dynasty or or legacy for your children you could be trusted with positions of power and influence because your concern would be for your master or your employer's legacy and dynasty So here we find this influential eunuch. He's responding to Philip's presentation of the good news about Jesus, and he's immediately baptized and returns to Ethiopia rejoicing. So this episode and the previous one in Samaria, it shows us that the command of Jesus to take the good news to Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world is being put into action. But what can we learn from this story today? specifically in the next 10 to 12 minutes. So now as I read this, I see a wonderful and quite simple template for how to share your faith. Something some of us may find easy to do and something some of us may not find so easy to do. And you may have been a Christian many years. You may have been a Christian a short time. You may be here and not be a Christian at all. That's okay. Because I think... As we look at this this morning, there's going to be something for all of us, hopefully. 
So I'm going to draw out very briefly four passages, four points rather, from this passage. Not unusually, starting with point one. The Holy Spirit prompt. Verse 29 says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over to that carriage and stay close to it. Philip is prompted by the Holy Spirit. And this immediately tells us that Philip is not doing this on his own. He's listening to God and responding. He is filled with God's Spirit and there's, there's a relationship there. Now I know from my own experience and maybe yours too, that sometimes I do feel a compulsion or a pull to get in contact with someone I haven't spoken to for a while. To sometimes walk a different way home to phone a friend. And it's in hindsight, sometimes we can see God's guidance in our lives and in our steps. But to be honest, sometimes we don't always respond to those prompts. I know I'm guilty of that, a bit like Jonah. Sometimes on occasions I have felt less than courageous. But be assured, we're not on our own. There's an interaction with God's spirit that at times will compel and guide us. And also be with us when we speak. We just need to scan back a few pages in the Bible, see when Peter is speaking to the uh, religious authorities, he speaks, uh, uh, he speaks with the Holy Spirit. And with Stephen, in Acts 6.10, it says, none of them were able to stand against the wisdom and spirit by which Stephen spoke. The wisdom and the spirit are together there. And some of you will be familiar with John's letter near the end of the Bible. In 1 John 4, 4, he writes, The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. So be encouraged. You are not alone. Two, listen first. Verse 30, it says, Philip ran over and heard him reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip listened, and he paid attention to what was going on. He didn't jump in assuming he knew what was needed. He didn't say, oh, hello, Mr. Eunuch. The Holy Spirit has sent me here, yes, to evangelize to you, to uh, tell you you're a sinner, I'm afraid, and, uh, but you, know, you can be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb for your, from your sin, and, uh, and you can know eternal life rather than the alternative, which ain't so great. So if you're sitting comfortably... Maybe not for your eunuch. <laughs> Sorry, assumption made. If you're sitting, then uh, we will begin. He didn't say that. He listened. And even after listening, he didn't jump in then either. He asked another question. He said, what do you think it means? As in, what do you think it's all about? He listened. Three. Talk to the head. Verse 31 and 35, the official replied, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? Then Philip began to speak, starting from this passage of scripture. The focus of Philip's response is that he starts where the Ethiopian is at. He starts with that person's concerns. Because he's listened and paid attention, he doesn't need to guess what the Ethiopian is puzzling over. He knows, so he can give an answer to that question. What's it all about? And in this case, Philip starts with scripture, which always reveals God's character and his purposes in our world. Keep that in mind, because I may come back to that. And it's unlikely, though, that many of us will find a work colleague puzzling over Isaiah during their lunch break. 
King James propped up on their uh, jacket potato. But all of us will come across friends, family and colleagues who will express their own concerns over areas of life. It might be a loved one or themselves who are seriously ill. They may be in a broken relationship. It might be about the state of the world or our society, especially the current situation we're in. Or it could be something far more existential, like, what's it all about? This is what I call the head part of the question. The person is either consciously or unconsciously inviting your perspective onto their situation. But here's the twist, and get ready to be slightly offended. It isn't your opinion that they need the most. To quote the Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, in his book on priesthood, he says, the gospel is good news, not good advice. See, in the culture we live in now, and you'll know this, you just need to look online, but opinion has been rated so high now, it's so, it's so um, valued, far higher sometimes than fact or objectivity or research or truth even. And the way of Christ and his kingdom is countercultural to this approach. Let me explain. I used to lead a small group of guys that we'd meet during the week to pray and discuss and uh, read the Bible on particular topics. And we agreed from the beginning that whilst it was fine and interesting to hear people's opinions, really what we were looking for, the intention of the group, was to find out what God's opinion was on that subject. It was his perspective we were seeking. Because, and here's the important bit, because he has the eternal and timeless view. We didn't want to leave still holding the same opinions that we came in with. We wanted to, to, to discover what God thought and then to align ourselves with him and allow that to change us. And it's through scripture and prayer and discussion that we sought this. Paul writing Romans 12, 2, describes it, unsurprisingly, better than me. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world. But let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you'll be able to know the will of God, what is good and is pleasing to him and is perfect. So so with any topic, it's essential to consider, what does God think about this? Closely followed by, and how would I explain that to someone else? And I know, I know there's difficult stuff in here. It's difficult stuff in here. So it's okay to say, look, this is what I think the Bible teaches, but to be honest, I find that challenging myself. But understanding God's character and his kingdom with its countercultural principles only happens through spending time with him in prayer, through scripture, through hearing good teaching and talking with other Christians. Point four. Talk to the heart. Verse 35, or the rest of it, says, So Philip began with this same scripture and then used many others to tell the good news about Jesus. Because, of course, there's always something else going on underneath people's questions and their concerns. Unless, unless the inquiry is simply a practical one, like, what's the difference between a vicar and a priest? Or, what about them dinosaurs, then? See, if it's not a practical question, there will be another level motivating their concerns. And it might be be fear, it might be worry, it might be hurt or brokenness. And if you can get to this level of the conversation, then this is where good news can be introduced and possibly most welcome. 
that there's a God who cares and he's made a way for us to be made whole. But also this is where your own story and your own experience can be shared. See, if you're a Christian here today, then that, that didn't just happen. There would have been a point in time or over a period of time where you came to an awareness of God in your life. Where your own lack or brokenness highlighted a need that could only be met through the love and mercy of a saviour, of Jesus. And it's either through an encounter with him or a growing sense of his presence that you would have realised that there's more to this world than you originally thought. And this is called your testimony. It's what you have personally experienced and found out and how that changed your life. Again, it's worth thinking about this and, and how you would share that with someone in a way that could be understood. Now, admittedly, people won't always agree with you, but our role is simply to be honest and authentic. And you've heard, probably heard, heard this before, but I think it works really well, that you could say each of us is a signpost. Our purpose isn't to bring people to us, our, you know, to hear our subjective and changeable take on the world. No, it's for our lives and our conversations to point them towards the one who has the eternal perspective. One who brings healing where there is pain. Peace where there is conflict. And where broken people can find restoration, hope, and be made whole. So in summary, be aware of the Holy Spirit's prompt. Listen first. Talk to the head and talk to the heart. And I will finish with a prayer, but I just want to read... This last verse from 1 Peter 3.15, which in some ways I could have just read this rather than doing the whole talk. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Thank you, Lord God, that you are with us. Show us more and more your love this broken world give us courage wisdom and fill us with your spirit so we can share your message of healing peace and salvation to those around us please for your glory and in your name lord jesus amen